0: The most permanent reality in all the universe is love, and the meaning of life is participating in that love. Welcome
1: back to Roger That, the podcast dedicated to guiding you through the haze of dementia. This is part two of our two part episode with Bishop Ken Carter. In part one, we discussed becoming a family caregiver and the effects on life and vocation.
2: So if you missed part one, go ahead and give that a listen first. We'll wait right here for you.
1: Bishop Carter, thank you so much for joining us. I wonder if you could tell us a bit about Linda. I mean, you were married a long time, so you knew her as a young woman. You knew her through childbearing. You knew her throughout her life. Tell us about Linda.
0: Well, Linda was a. Uh, she was trained as a Christian educator, so she. Uh, we shared that common, that common journey. She was a lovely, lovely person. Uh, I met her at a a church event, <laughs> but we uh, we married young. She had uh, she was very very smart, very intellectually bright. She was uh, she was an introvert. She was uh, she was happy with herself while being alone. That's one reason that it was difficult for her to adjust in the memory care facility because she couldn't have privacy. She valued her privacy. Uh She also, um well, she was very independent. <laughs> she could be, she was, um, she would not uh she was no one's doormat.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I like Linda. I like Linda a lot.
0: Well, she knew who she was, and she uh she knew her boundaries. Uh she was not as much of a people pleaser as I tend to be. <laughs> and therefore she helped me yeah. draw some <laughs> boundaries. Um she loved her family, her greatest joy was caring for and nurturing and being with our two daughters and then our grandchildren. Uh, And she felt that it was her calling to kind of support me in my own calling. So she was always very supportive, and yet she maintained her boundaries and her own individual identity. She refused to be the, quote, typical pastor's wife. (laughs) I'm not the assistant pastor. She had her own identity, and uh, she was a great hostess. Her great ability was cooking (laughs) and hosting people. And one of the things, you know, seeing her lose a lot of those capacities was a source of grief so that the journey The journey with dementia, as you know so well, is a perpetual grieving process.
1: Yes.
0: You lose, I said I'm losing some Linda's capacities, a brain cell at a time. Yes. One of the disciplines that I had, I learned to lament (laughs) as as Linda would lose a capacity, like her cooking ability, which was so much a part of our relationship. I I lamented the loss of her cooking, and then I would give thanks. I wrote these laments. I would lament the loss of her cooking. Then I gave thanks for enjoying that cooking for all those years. I did that with each of the capacities as they began to be lost, and that was a helpful way for me to deal with my grief as I was grieving.
1: Oh, that's a wonderful tip.
2: Yes. Yeah, it 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 sounds like a almost a journal that you can sit and go back to regularly and spark those memories because our memories you, you know we have so many of them and there's so many less pronounced ones that we forget because there's other ones that are very pronounced but that helps you go back and remember the little things.
0: Yes, I I kept a journal all those years, yeah. and so I can go back and now look at that, and I've uh, and even since her death, I have over six hundred pages of uh, of journal because that was one of the means by which I have been you know I worked through the grieving process.
2: Right, that's a, like like Bobby said, that's an excellent tip. But I've got to tell you. Linda sounded a lot like Bobby. <laughs> she's very much out there to help people. And I've said many times to many people, she's the one that makes me a better person.
1: Well, I think he's a much better person than I am. But I have to tell you, I am an introvert. And you can tell how much this subject means to me by how much I'm out in the public and talking about it. But I would definitely identify with Linda of not being able to go to my own room and have my own space and decompress from all that social interaction, yes yes i I understand that completely. Thank you so much for telling us about Linda. Now, I wonder if you could tell us about the ministry with the forgotten
0: yes, uh you know one of the things that you know as a as a person uh who is ordained uh, I felt like, well, how do I live out my ordination? How do I live out my vocation as an ordained person? And one, and and I just, I determined that it's, how can I learn? I need to learn as much as I can about this disease, but I need to do that to help Linda. But I also, how can I, how can I use this experience? How can I, how can I bring some good? How can I foster some good from this? And, and, I determined and my daughters were urging me, Well Dad, why don't you try to help other people who are dealing with with dementia? Uh you can help them you can learn from you can help them learn from their experience as well. So that's that's my motivation, and I do it in honor of Linda. It's a way of honoring her. It's a way of extending her vocation as a Christian educator and as as my spouse.
1: Well, as you know our our podcast is Roger That, which is dedicated to and and named for Mike's dad Roger. um absolutely. And I have to say it definitely changed the direction of my life. Yes, I never would have thought that I would, you know, get the certifications. But I knew once he passed and we got past the the worst of the grief that I wanted to help other caregivers and to because we didn't know what we didn't know and boy, oh boy, <laughs> did we learn.
0: So, I can I can identify with that. And and I and I really am convinced that faith our faith traditions, and I think this is true of the major faith traditions, help us to broaden the lens through which we view people living with dementia. As I said earlier, the lens we most often view people with is the medical lens. That is the losses, uh, the diminished diminished capacities. But we are more than our capacities. All the faith traditions uh, affirm that we have inherent Worth and value. And we are part of a more transcendent story. We are part of a, of a, using the language of faith, we are part of God's story, of God's creation. We are created out of love in the divine image. We are, we are part of God's story of liberation, of restoration from exile. We are part of God's, of God's, um, presence with us in incarnation so that, so that our faith broadens the lens. And I think there are certain uh, key components of that faith. One is it assures us that our identity and worth are not in our capacities. Our identity and worth are, are in our inherent Identity as beloved children of God, uh, and that's a gift. It's nothing we earn. It's nothing we can, can we totally control. But we are persons made in the image of God. Our, we live in a hypercognitive, a hypercapacity-oriented culture, assuming that our worth and dignity lie in what we know or what we can produce or what we own what we can do but our we're, we're going to lose all of that <laughs> uh, all of us are but our identity and worth are rooted in the one to whom we belong i often use and i i am i serve as the volunteer chaplain at the um, memory care facility where linda was a resident for 18 months and i often use a I'd often show them an old pocket knife I have that I carry often. It only has one handle that still exists. The the blades are rusty. They don't cut any longer. Uh, They're hard to open. And I ask the residents, why do you think this knife is so valuable to me? And would you give me anything for it? And they'll always say, no, it's not worth anything. I say, well, you don't have enough money to buy it. And that, why do you think that's true? And somebody will all invariably say, it belonged to your father. I said, no, it belonged to my grandfather. Uh-huh. Now, why is it important to me? It's not because it looks good. It's not because it can cut. It's not because it functions in any way. It's just because of the one to whom it belonged. Well, we all belong to God and one another and that makes us a person of inherent worth. Faith does that, but it also, faith provides a community in which my identity is held, and my memories are held, and I am held. Now, I realize that not everyone can say that, but again, we live in a highly individualized culture, individualism and personal autonomy well our faith tradition says i am because you are i am because we are we are a part of a community that holds us that holds our memories that holds us in love and care and and i my faith also assures me that love endures that the most permanent Reality in all the universe is love. And the and the meaning of life is participating in that love, in the divine love which flows in and through us. And the most important gift we can give one another is simply the gift of loving presence. Just be present with one another. I feel like I've preached. No, that's okay. (laughs) (laughs) You
2: you know, what you said is very, very poignant. And, you know, as we've talked about on other podcasts, faith was very important to us. But I'll share a story with you. My dad passed in July of 2009. And we just kind of were shuffling around and we took a trip to Italy in October. And the one place that really got us over the hump was walking the grounds, or at least for me, walking the grounds of the St. Francis of Assisi Monastery mm. and walking the trails that he walked. And I could just feel everything just leaving me with just about every step I took. So faith and, and going back to your faith, is so, so very important,
1: and giving it to uh, God, I mean, giving this yes. this grief this this feeling of loss and and even the the love that that you feel you might have lost when the person died, but as Bishop told us it it still remains i you can still feel it, but in those dark moments, you know if you can give it to God and know that God's there, um, absolutely
0: yes, you know that love that we shared never ends. I mean, that beloved uh, hymn to love that Paul wrote, you know, in 1 Corinthians 13, uh, knowledge passes away, uh, language ceases, but love remains uh, because love is eternal. And that assurance that nothing in all creation is able to separate us from that love is, is true. And it is it sustains us even when the person is physically gone from us.
1: Now, when I I mentioned the mis- the ministry with the forgotten. Is that an actual program?
0: Uh, yes. I developed a, a course for semin- for seminary students. It's helping pastors to uh you know to relate to people living with dementia. And we spend part of the time learning about dementia, but then we spend half the class sessions interacting with people living with dementia. And I am convinced that pastors, faith communities, local congregations, are key in helping to expand this, this uh, lens through which we view dementia and provide the community of support for caregivers, care partners, and the people living with dementia. So what I do, first of all, I've written a a book that that grew out of the course called Ministry with the Forgotten, Dementia Through a Spiritual Lens, uh, in which I try to help congregations, uh, individuals and communities uh, be supportive more supportive and help them learn how to be supportive of people living with with dementia and even suggesting certain ministry programs like respite care or visitation of but or just practical helps for so that's uh, it's not a formal program I just do a lot of uh, urging local congregations to <laughs> do some writing about it, speaking, leading some seminars uh, around those issues, primarily targeting faith communities.
1: I think I would like our local priest to have a copy of that.
0: Well, good. It's available. (laughs) I'll be glad to send you a copy.
2: That would would be wonderful. That would
0: be great. Absolutely. Well,
2: this was quite a sit down with you, Bishop. I really appreciate you spending the time with us. And as I say so many times, I got so much out of our time together. Uh, we just seem to, to have amazing guests, and I learned so very much.
0: Well, thank you for the privilege of participating.
1: Oh, well, we really do appreciate you being here. I just want to m- mention one takeaway, something that um, Bishop said, losing capacity a brain cell at a time That is such a vivid description of somebody with these devastating brain diseases.
2: Yeah. You you hear it's the long goodbye, but that brings it a little bit more focused. It's one brain cell at a time.
1: And I also love the fact that, you know, we have memories, but our memories are out there in the world and that we really have a small amount of memory compared to what other people have in relation to us. So the memories, memories, are still alive.
2: Yes, indeed.
1: You can find more information about Bishop Carter and links to his blog, ShiftingMargins.com, on our show website at RogerThat.show. This has been Roger That. I'm Bobby,
2: And I'm Mike.
1: And we are dedicated to guiding you through the haze of dementia.
2: We'd love to hear from you, answer any questions you might have, or just find out how you are doing. Please connect with us on our Roger That Facebook and Twitter. To find out more about us, head over to RogerThat.show. That's Roger, R-O-D-G-E-R, that.show.
1: Roger That is produced by Missing Link, a media podcast company dedicated to connecting people to intelligent, engaging, and informative content. Also in the Missing Link lineup of podcasts is the Designated Drinker Show, the podcast raising the bar on craft cocktails. Here you meet interesting folks, enjoy boozy banter, and learn how to make craft cocktails from a master.
2: And if you're looking for a whole new way to enjoy theater, check out Between Acts, an immersive audio theater podcast experience. Each episode takes you on a spellbinding journey through the works of newfound playwrights, from dramas to comedies and all those in between.
1: Find Missing Link's League of Podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you find your podcast. Please don't forget to subscribe, download, and review the shows as your review helps our show reach new audiences. To find out more about Missing Link, visit missinglink.company.